Second Chronicles chapter 16. We're going to do a kind of a topical message tonight. So we're going to begin here. But uh, we're going to be looking at Lot at the life of Asa. But Second Chronicles 16, verse 7 through 9. Good to have Smith family back and Mandy and Abby. And good to see the rest of you as well. Um, 2 Chronicles 16, 7, And at that time Hananiah the seer came to Asa king of Judah and said unto him, Because thou hast relied on the king of Syria, not relied on the Lord thy God, therefore is the host of the king of Syria escaped out of thine hand. Were not the Ethiopians and the Lubans a huge host, with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because thou didst rely on the Lord, he delivered them into thine hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Herein thou hast done foolishly, therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. So tonight, the title of the message tonight is, Lord is looking for a perfect heart. Looking for a perfect heart. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the privilege and opportunity we have to assemble together and to open your word I pray as I pray that we give ear to your word tonight, that we allow the Spirit of God to um, encourage us and challenge us in our walk with you and, and help us, Father, to have a heart that desires to please and honor the Lord in every aspect of area of life. We do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so Asa, or Hananiah the prophet, tells Asa that the Lord is running going to and fro throughout the earth, looking for those whose heart is perfect toward Him. Now, so tonight what I'm going to do is try and answer and exemplify what a perfect heart is. And first of all, what I'm going to do is what it is not. What a perfect heart in the sight of God is not. Uh, obviously, you know, and in, in fact, the Bible tells us that in Kings, that Asa's heart was perfect all his days. Now, if you read the accounts and chronicles, you would ask yourself the question, how can that be? So, because he was not a, he was not a perfect man, he didn't do everything perfectly in his life. But there is some things he did not do. And, and I'll get to that in a minute. But, but as we're thinking about what it is not, you know, God is not looking for someone who never fails, who never sins. Although He's not pleased with when we sin, if God was looking for somebody that's sinless, He may as well stop looking because He isn't going to find anyone. Because we are all sinners. So when the Bible here talks about the Lord looking for somebody whose heart is perfect toward Him, He's not speaking of He's looking for somebody who's sinless. Because that does not exist. You know, Romans 3, 10, 11, there is, as it is written, there is none righteous. This, this, is the word, this is the words of God. So, you know, this is not a contradiction about what God looking for a perfect man. He's, he's not looking for a sinless person, obviously. Because he says, as it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. And Jesus said very plainly in Luke 18, when the rich young ruler came to, running to him, and he said, good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why callest thou me good? There's one good. 
that is God. So by implication, he's saying, you're not good, and everybody else around here is not good, and nobody on this world is good. Only God's good. So only God is sinless. So if the Lord is looking for a perfect heart, he's not looking for somebody that's sinless. Uh, he, he's, what we see here is, he, it is, and it is not, and what it is not, another thing about what it is not, it is not one who is divided in their worship to try and explain what this sinless here, because we know that Asa here didn't do the thing that was right. He should have relied on the Lord, but he, he made a league with Syria. So, so, Let's, let's go to 1 Kings chapter 11. Go back to 1 Kings chapter 11. <clears throat> so when he's looking for a perfect heart, he's looking for somebody who's not divided in their worship. 1 Kings 11 Verse 1 says, But King Solomon loved many strange women, together with the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Zidonites, Zidonians, and Hittites. Of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, You shall not go in unto them, neither shall they come in unto you. For surely they will turn away your, and here's our key word, your heart after these gods. Solomon clave unto these in love. And he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines, and his wives, here it is, turned away his heart. Verse 4, For it came to pass when Solomon was old, his wife turned away his heart after other gods. His heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. Now David was obviously, we know David was not a perfect man either. In fact, he, you know, he, he committed, in this passage tells us that, that he commits you know, sin with Bathsheba, I guess it's not this one, it's another one, but anyway, uh, and had Uriah the Hittite murdered, but but David always turned back to God. And David, the other thing that David never did was worship any false gods. He never turned to any false gods. Um, but we see here that Solomon, though Solomon was called Jedediah, which means beloved of the Lord, and God appeared to him in, a, in special ways to him when he was when he was uh, a newly anointed king, and yet as he got older, he married all these strange wives, and they drew his heart away from the Lord to the extent that he worshipped false gods. Look at chapter fourteen, verse twenty-one. Chapter fourteen, and verse twenty-one. <coughs> It says, and Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, reigned in Judah. Rehoboam was 41 years, 41 years old when he began to reign. He reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city which the Lord did choose. Out of all the tribes of Israel put his name there, and his mother's name was Nama. Here's the problem. And Ammonitis. Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoked him to jealousy with their sins, which they had committed above all that their fathers had done. For they also built them high places and images and groves. So there's your idol worship. On every green, every high hill, and under every green tree, and there were also Sodomites in the land. And they did according to all the abominations of the nations which the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. So here Rehoboam comes along, 
He, of course, he's the son of one of his strange, Solomon's strange wives, and he also builds high places, and he puts up images and grows, and so he, he, he continues to worship idols, um, and, 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 of course, that's passed on. Uh, in chapter 15, verses 1 through 3, his son, now in the 15th, 18th year of the king Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, reigned Abijam over Judah. Three years reigned he in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Maka, the daughter of Abishalom. He walked in all the sins of his father, which he had done before him. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God as the heart of David his father. Of course, he wasn't really, you know, when we think of father, we don't think, we would say great-grandfather. Or, uh, no, great-great-grandfather. David would have been his great-great-grandfather. The Bible uses the word father. Anyway, so it says his heart was not perfect. And what it means by that is he continued in the things that his father did, worshiping idols. Uh, and the difference between these kings and Asa is this. Look at, look at verse 9 of 1 Kings. In the 20th year of Jeroboam, king of Israel reigned Asa over Judah. Forty and one years, so he's the son of Abijam. Forty and one years reigned he in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Maka, the daughter of Abishalom. And Asa did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord, as did David his father. He took away the Sodomites out of the land and removed all the idols that his fathers had made, and also Maka, his mother, even her, he removed from being queen because she had made an idol in a grove, and Asa destroyed her idol and burned it by the brook Kindred. So see, the difference between those the Bible says were not perfect, didn't have a perfect heart, and Asa, who the Bible says had a perfect heart, is that the idol worship, the worship of false gods. You know, I, you know, I believe that Solomon was a saved man. But his heart was drawn away in, in, in to worship false gods. Uh, and of course, Rehoboam and Abijam did that as well. But Asa, when he came on the throne, he destroyed those idols, even, he, even his mother. He, he, he took away her, 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 uh, her throne as queen, her place as queen, because she made an idol. You know, even though Asa wasn't perfect, sinless, he didn't worship any god besides the god of Israel. You know, we see this again in Second uh, Chronicles 25. And I want to emphasize this point a little bit. Second Chronicles 25 and verses uh, 1 and 2. And it's another, uh, this is Amaziah. <clears throat> and verse 1 and 2, and it says, Second Chronicles 25, 1 and 2. Amaziah was 20 and 5 years old when he began to reign. He reigned 20 and 9 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jehoadan of Jerusalem. He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a perfect heart. So he did a lot of things right, but the Bible says not with a perfect heart. Uh, and, and, and it lists some things that he did what was right. And verses 3 and 4, Now it came to pass, when the kingdom was established to him, they slew his servants that had killed the king his father. But he slew not their children, but did as is written in the law of the book of Moses, where the Lord commanded, saying, The father shall not die for the children, neither shall the children die for the fathers, but every man shall die for his own sin. Uh, 
in verse 6, though, he hires, he, he hired also a hundred thousand mighty men of valor out of Israel for a hundred talents of silver. So, you know, he's hired, what he does here is he hires the enemy to fight the other enemy. Um, you know, he hires the enemy to help fight his battles instead of believing God and relying on him. And of course, the man of God comes out to confront him about him, about this. And it says, but there came a man of God, verse 7, to him saying, O king, let not the army of Israel go with thee, for the Lord is not with Israel, to wit, with all the children of Ephraim. But if thou wilt go, do it. Be strong for the battle. God shall make thee fall before the enemy, for God hath power to help or to cast down. And, and so he's confronted about that, so he sends them back home. But he, he res- what he does, he resorts to diplomacy and human reasoning, but he also worships false gods. Drop down to verse 14. Now it came to pass, after that Amaziah was come from the slaughter of the Edomites, that he brought the gods of the children of Seir, and set them up to be his gods, and bowed down himself before them, and burned incense unto them. Wherefore the anger of the Lord was kindled against Amaziah, and he sent unto him a prophet, which said unto him, Why hast thou sought after the gods of the people, which could not deliver their own people out of thine hand? It came to pass, as he talked with him, that the king said unto him, Art thou made of the king's king's counsel? Forbear. Why shouldest thou be smitten? Then the prophet forbear, in other words, he stopped prophesying, and said, I know that God hath determined to destroy thee, because thou hast done this, hast not hearkened unto my counsel. So here again, you know, the Bible says that he did some things right, but but yet his heart was not perfect. Idol worship. That seems to be the difference with these men. They 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 worship false gods. Uh you know, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not upon thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. So a perfect heart is a certain heart condition. It's a, it's a trusting heart. We would say it is a one that, was, that is all in for God. No other gods. They would say, I'm only trusted in one God. See, Solomon couldn't say that. Solomon worshipped other gods. He he built groves and high places. In other words, places for them to offer their sacrifices. In 2 Chronicles 20, we have an example of this in the life of Jehoshaphat. Again, Jehoshaphat was one of the best kings that that Judah had. And, of course, he had joined affinity with Ahab. We use that as an illustration on Sunday morning. Uh, there was a failure of separation there, which would hurt his family badly. But, but uh, we see here an illustration of of Jehoshaphat, what he does because he he follows the Lord, and it says in Second Chronicles twenty, it came to pass after this also the children of Moab, the children of Ammon, with them, other besides the Ammonites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some of told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the side, on this side Syria, sea, on this side Syria. Behold, they be in Hazazun Tabar, which is in En Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared, and notice what he does. He set himself to seek the Lord, and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And gathered Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. 
Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah in Jerusalem in the house of the Lord, being before the new court, and said, O Lord our God, the God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven? Rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? In thine hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee? Art not thou our God, who just drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gave us it to, thy, to the seed of Abraham, thy friend, forever? And, and he goes on, but I want you to drop down to verse uh, 13, where it says, 12 and 13, he says, O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us, neither know we what to do. And here's the key. But our eyes are upon thee. Our eyes are upon thee. In other words, we're trusting in you. Our confidence is in you. You know, uh, was it, uh, which one was it now? Looked at as many kings, I can't remember which. The last one we looked at, was it Abijam? Uh, no, Amaziah. He brought back the gods from Seir. And so his heart was divided there. <clears throat> But here, Jehoshaphat, he said, you know, basically he said, there's no other God. Our eyes are upon you. Our eyes are upon you. And this is a, this is what the Bible, I believe, considers a perfect heart. One whose trust is in the Lord. Uh, another way of defining it. In Acts 2, 46, it says, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. Did he meet with gladness? And singleness of heart. Singleness of heart. Uh, that word singleness means sincerity of mind toward Christ, a single-hearted faith in Christ, as opposed to false wisdom in matters pertaining to Christianity. So there was a singleness of heart. Their, their mind was, or their heart was, God promises to meet all my needs and, I, and my trust is in him my confidence is in him he's my refuge he's my rock he's my fortress he's my strength this word single this phrase singleness of heart is used three times in the bible ephesians 6 5 servants be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling in singleness of your heart as unto christ and again in colossians 3 servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh not with eye service as men believers but as in singleness of heart, fearing God. So, so it's, it's a, it's a, it's a focus on one thing, you might say. As Jehoshaphat said, our eyes are upon thee. We're not looking to the gods of the Ammonites. We're not looking to the God of the Moabites. We're not looking to the God of the Zidonians. No, God, we're looking to thee. And we believe you have power to help. And we're looking to you. <clears throat> In First Corinthians, or not First Corinthians, First Chronicles twelve thirty-eight, the Bible says there that all these men of war. There's there's a there's a list of David's men of war, mighty men, and it says all these men of war that could keep rank came with a perfect heart to Hebron to make David king over all Israel. And all the rest, also of Israel, were of one heart to make David king. In other words, every one of them, their goal, their, 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 their focus was, we're making David the king. He's our king. 
There's nobody else. We're not focused on any other. No, no, no more Saul's, none of Saul's family. That, that they've been set aside. We're making David the king. That's our single purpose. That's what we're here for. Make David king. You know, God wants us to make our Lord king. He's to be our focus. It's not that we never sin. Because we do. There's no such thing as a sinless there's no such thing as a sinless saint. You know, we've been made righteous by the Lord Jesus Christ, but we're still not sinless. We won't be sinless till we go to be with Him. And we, we shed this vow body. But it is one that has a heart to, 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 to serve the Lord and trust in God. Has a heart. Uh, Psalm 91, verse 2, I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Psalm 94, verse 22, But the Lord is my defense, and my, and my God is the rock of my refuge. Psalm 710 says, My defense is of God, which saveth the upright in heart. So, so it's, a, it's a condition of the heart that has God as its focus. God is preeminent. God gets first place. He has no other gods besides Him. That's a perfect heart. Uh, now, third thing, a perfect heart exemplified. Exemplified. <clears throat> well, we see that here in the, in the life of Asa. Again, Asa was not a perfect man, but he worshipped, you know, and he even, he, even he, he doesn't end real well, but, but he never, he never worshipped idols. There was no other God in his life besides the Lord. Even though he, he was angry at Hananiah and uh, put him in prison for what he said to him, but, but he never worshipped a false God. See, his heart was, the Lord is the only Lord, even though he didn't always obey Him. Uh, and we see this exemplified for us in the life of many others in the Bible. For example, Abraham. Abraham. Now in Hebrews 11.8, the Bible says, By Abraham, by faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into the place which he should have to receive for inheritance, he obeyed when he went out, not knowing, knowing whether he went. And by faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, and heirs with them of the same promise. So Abraham, we see here, is Abraham, on the word of the Lord only, left his family, left his country, went to a strange country where he didn't know anybody. He didn't have any. He didn't have any over there. Anybody over there making contacts for him? He had no means of communication with them before he went. He didn't even know for sure where he was ending up. He just went out. He had the word of the Lord. The Lord commanded him to leave Ur of the Chaldees and go to a place. And I believe that God directed him day by day as he went. He had no means of communication, so he's in a strange place. He has no means of communication with home. He had no government to appeal to in case of emergency. Think how things, different things were back then. You know, we can send missionaries to the foreign field, but if there's problems, political problems or political unrest in countries, there are means to get them home. They can even appeal to the government. You know, but he had none of this. All he had was the Word of God. Yeah, you know, was he without sin? No. 
we know that a famine, you know, he got to the land and the Lord said, this is the place that I told you of. Dwell here. And I'm going to give this land to your seed. And so there's fam- then there's a famine comes. He leaves the place that God promised him and went to Egypt. Of course, in Egypt, he's rebuked. He comes back. He comes back to the place. He, but get this. He comes back to the place God promised him. You know what he did? He built an altar. He got right with God. See, he was, his heart was, even though he, you know, in times of trial, sometimes he, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't obey, but his heart was, I'm going to get right with God. He's the only God. The, Egypt, there was plenty of gods in Egypt. Egypt had all kinds of gods. He could have picked out a few gods in Egypt, but no, he came back to the God, Jehovah, that promised him this land. And of course, you know, we know he went to Abimelech. But he always came back to right fellowship with God. And this is what the Scripture says about Abraham, and it says it three times. Romans 4, 3, For what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Again, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 6, Even as Abraham believed God, it was counted to him for righteousness. James 2, 23, he held up for an example there, and the Scripture was filled with saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. So each time, even though he, he, he you know, in, when, in times of test, a few times he failed to, to stay where God told him to stay, he, you know, he went to Egypt, he went to Abimelech, he always came back to that place and worshipped God. He believed, and he, because he believed that God was going to give him that land. He believed. Which meant he also believed, even though he was getting to be an old man, that God was going to give him a son. Which he did. So again, we see here it's not without sin, but it's a person who, whose faith, though it's challenged, though sometimes that faith fails, they continue in their faith. Uh, Caleb, another example, Caleb, you know, five times the Bible says that Caleb wholly followed the Lord his God. It also says that about Joshua a time or two. But, but uh, we know that Caleb believed God, trusted in the Lord. And, and again, I would ask, what, was this, what is the distinguishing thing about Caleb? Well, we say he wholly followed the Lord his God. Well, why did he? Well, Numbers 14.8 says, and this is Caleb 8 and 9, If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us, their defense is parted from them. The Lord is with them, fear them not. You know what Caleb's saying here? I believe God. I'm trusting God. I'm not afraid of the giants. See, to really, really what he's saying here is this. I'm not afraid of the gods that are being worshipped in there. Because you have to understand, th- think of it from the Bible perspective. 
um, when when uh, Abad was it Abijam? Um, do I remember which king now? The one that brought the gods from Seir. And what did God say? The 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 the, the Seir or the prophet say about him? These gods couldn't even deliver their own people from your hand. Now you're worshiping them. See, what, what, what it equals to is the God that I worship is the one that I believe that can give me victory in battle. And really that is true. See, we believe that our God can give us victory in our battles in life. And they believe, you know, you go to the Old Testament, the illustration is, he's the God that, the God that can give you victory on the battlefield, he's the true God. Jehoshaphat said, our eyes are upon you to give us victory in battle. And when these kings brought these other gods back, they were trusting in them to give them victory. And so what Caleb is saying is, I'm not afraid of those false gods. I know they're false. I know those people are trusting in those gods. And I'm not afraid of them. Because our God is the real God. You see, it came down to he believed God. And of course, Moses in chapter 14 of Numbers, in verse 10 11, says, But all the congregation bade stone them with stones, that is, Joshua and Caleb. The glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before the children of Israel. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? How long will it be ere they believe me for all the signs which I have showed them? So, so what the Lord says is, These people are, do not believe me. Caleb and Joshua. So a perfect heart, again, is one who believes, his, he, he has his confidence in the Lord. You know, Mordecai, and I give you example after example, Mordecai in, in the book of Esther was willing to risk his own life and he put, it was willing to put others at risk to do what was right in the sight of God. Why? Because he believed God. His heart was perfect toward God. That's, that's, that's just another way of saying it. And it's demonstrated in, in Esther chapter 4, what he says to Esther in verses 13 through 16, says, Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. Now don't think because you're the queen that you're not going to be put to death with the rest of your people. Then he says in verse 4, For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. Who knoweth whether thou wilt come to the kingdom for such a time as this? See, what Mordecai is saying here is that, look, Esther, I believe God's going to deliver us. I don't know how many doubt about that. We're not going to be annihilated as Haman desires. Because, do you, you realize, if again, if all the Jews are wiped out, there goes the promises of God to the Jewish nation. God's word can't be fulfilled. I know, I have, very, I have the greatest confidence that the Arabs will never wipe Israel off the face of the map. They will never do it. Because God's word is true, and God is going to perform His promises yet to the nation of Israel. So, that can't happen. 
It won't happen because God is sovereign. And Mordecai is saying, it's not going to happen. We're not going to be destroyed. There's deliverance going to come from somewhere. And he said, but, Esther, I'm just telling you, you're in the place, you're the person that's in the place that could bring about this deliverance, that God may put you there for this purpose, but if you don't do it, somebody else will. And you will be destroyed. See, see, Mordecai is saying, I believe God. Esther, I believe God. You need to. See, his heart was perfect. And he was willing to risk his own life and put others at risk because he believed God. His heart was perfect. You know, Mary, uh, the, the, the mother of our Lord, in uh, Luke chapter 1, again, in verses 28 through 38, it says, And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. So she's, she's doubtful. What is this, you know? And, and understandably so. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. And Mary asked a very reasonable question. How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? How can I have a child? I've never had any relationship with men. I'm a virgin. How can I have a child? And of course the angel answered, verse 35, and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. This is a sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. So, she, though she didn't understand how it was going to happen, and from a human standpoint it is impossible, she said, let it be so. Be it unto me according to your word. She believed what the angel Lord told her. Why? She had a heart that was perfect toward her Lord. Again, Paul in Acts chapter 27 he, when he stood up and, and, and on the, the ship that was you know, floating by itself on the sea and lost and about to crash, he says, Sirs, I believe God. Not one of your heads are going to be lost because I believe God. And when Paul wrote to the church of Ephesus in, Acts, in Ephesus, Ephesians 1.19, he said, I want you to know this is paraphrase. Because he didn't say, I want you to know. But he, that's, this is basically the idea here. He was praying that they would know the exceeding greatness of his power to us work. Of God's power to us work. Who, you know what that next word is? Believe. Now, go back to 2 Chronicles chapter 16. 2 Chronicles chapter 16. <clears throat> and... 
Verse 9 again. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whore to show himself strong in behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Has a heart to believe God. They take him at his word. See, Jehoshaphat, when this huge host come against him, he said, God, thou art the God. Our eyes are upon you. We're believing in you. We're trusting in you. So a perfect heart speaks of those who believe God will keep His word. It doesn't speak of those who never sin or never disobey. But when they... By the way, when you sin and then you confess your sins, what are you doing? You are obeying Him in confessing your sin. So you're coming back to God. That's what, that's, that is a typical Christian life. But and so so it's one who who believes God will will keep His word. In other words, will perform His word. Mark nine twenty three, Jesus is speaking to the man, the father of the, the the boy that was possessed with the devil, and he said this unto him. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Now, don't we like the guy who I've worked with a guy for? For a year, I knew I know him, known him most of my life. He's he's not mentally all there. Uh, but he worked for this uh, family, those friends of mine. Anyway, he was in a real bad car wreck. Or he was on a bicycle and he got hit by a car on a foggy morning. One morning, he was riding his bicycle to the farm and, uh, and he got hit. And he was he was all busted up, legs, arms. I don't remember what all, but he was he was a long time. He has pins and stuff. Anyway, he's not in best physical shape either. But he was telling me, and that you know one of these days I'm going to climb. I'm going to climb again to the top of that silo. He said, "Cause the Lord, I'm going to trust the Lord." I said, "John, that may not be a matter of trust. That may be you're tempting God." You're going to try something that's irrational just to prove that God can help you do it. That that can be tempting the Lord. That may not be God's will. I don't think it's a wise thing. I said, I think you ought to accept your limitations that God has allowed in your life and and just obey what you know. But you, you don't, there's no reason for you to climb the top of that silo. And so when the Bible says here that all things are possible to him, him that believeth, it means the promise of God may seem impossible, but all things are possible to them that believe. God will perform what is His will for you. If it's His will, He can bring it to pass, no matter what it is. Even if it's, you know, to be shipwrecked as long as Paul was on that shipwreck, and yet all those sailors... We came out of that alive. That was a miracle. Why? Paul said, I believe God. Because Isaiah 55.11 says, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper the thing whereunto I sent it. God will keep His promises.
In Psalm 90, 91, verses 9 through 16. Psalm 91, 9 through 16. <clears throat> the psalmist said, Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, which is the most high, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall there any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee, keeping thee all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, and the young lion and dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. You see, God, God is looking for those whose heart is perfect. And he will act on behalf of those whose heart is perfect. Who has a heart to do his will. To keep his commandments. Has a heart to trust him. And, and, and many times it, we, we are like the, the man whose son was, a, was, was a possessed. He said, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. So how is your heart tonight? Would you say it's perfect toward him? Your heart is bent. You know, getting back to Pennsylvania, this thought just jumped into my mind. In, in, in what we call Big Valley, where I lived for a while, there, the wind blows across the valley one direction almost all the time. If you, and a man pointed out to me, and I never, I never paid attention, this much attention to to nature, but he said, if you drive down the highway, and there's a va- the road runs right through the center of the valley, it's only about a mile wide at the widest point, about 30 miles long. So you drive down 655 through, through Big Valley, and all the trees lean to the east. I think it's to the east. They lean one direction, because that's the way the wind blows all the time. See, their bent is one direction. A man who's got a perfect heart, you know what his bent is? toward the Lord. It doesn't mean that he never sins, but it means that his bent is toward the Lord. So the so is your bent, are you bent, if you will, toward the Lord? Or are you like Solomon, whose heart's turned away and worshiped idols? See, God's looking for a perfect heart whose bent is toward Him. And doesn't give way to false gods. Might the Lord help us. God is still looking for those who are perfect, who have a perfect heart toward Him. Might the Lord help us to have a heart that seeks after God.